Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to season one, episode 10 of not our brand new podcast anymore, um, Learning From Our Legends. I'm Leila. And I'm Lena. And we're your hosts. So today is going to be part two of our episodes on Asia. Mm-hmm. So today is part two of Asia Bint Muzahim. Asia Bint Muzahim, who was the wife of Pharaoh, and also our final episode of this series. Oh my god, time flies. Yeah, it's actually. It's actually gone by so quick. Should we do a little recap on the previous episode? Yeah. So the last episode, we did a lot of background. Yes. It wasn't like we focused on Asia, but not as much. I feel like this episode is going to be more on her. Yeah. The last episode, I think we were trying to build like the scenery of her life and like what who she her. was yeah. and how Musa Salam found his way into her life and also the fact that she was dealing with Pharaoh who was like and also how he was such an evil person yeah he was literally a tyrant so and they were just opposites and we also touched on Allah's mercy on Musa mother yeah and so this this week is going to be a little bit graphic so just a bit of a disclaimer Mm mm-hmm um, because what happens to Asia and also um, the woman that's known the, as the hairdresser, the hairdresser, um, which we're going to talk about in detail later on in this episode, is quite graphic. So please do listen at your own discretion. Yeah. So Musa he grows up in the palace, and then of course he becomes a prophet and. He leaves Egypt, but he comes back to spread the message and mm-hmm. basically say that he's a prophet and everybody needs to worship Allah and what Pharaoh is doing is unjust and false. And false. And he also tries to liberate Bani Israel and everything. But Asiya, may Allah be pleased with her, she um, she has to stay at the palace. So when Musa Islam, he goes to um, Median and he goes and works there for 10 years and he runs away and everything she can't she doesn't have that um opportunity she doesn't have that opportunity and she so she stays in the palace but from afar she still hears about Musa's message and she believes in it yeah but she practices it privately because of like it's quite logical because yeah, of like the fear. Who, who wouldn't especially because her husband is Firaun and like what he does to people was just disgusting he would make um, he would make examples out of anybody who was disbelieved in him, who disbelieved in him, in him, and followed Musa and believed in Allah because it was such a personal attack on his power and, and his pride. Pride, yeah. yeah. And he, yeah, all sorts of unspeakable things he would do to people who would um, try to defy him. And an example of this would be um, the hairdresser of his daughter. So, like from another marriage, he probably had kids from loads of other women um but the hairdresser basically dropped her comb and when she dropped it she said bismillah and then the daughter replied saying like my dad and she replied no the lord of your dad and my lord um obviously the daughter then goes back to her father and relays this story and he was very angry about this he was livid so he then like builds this pit 
and puts like copper in it and starts burning it um and he basically brings her family so not just her her kids and tells them to basically jump into the fire and he the thing is with him he has to make an example out of everything like you mentioned yeah that's why it was a massive pit and it was public and loads of people were around and even Ersia oh she was there so she she was made to be there as well um so she the woman before she jumped in she or anyone jumped in she just asked for a request and she asked that all their bones would be gathered so they're together so that's like the love she had for her obviously family and Firaun wanted her to suffer so he he basically made her children go in first yeah and for her to witness it but just imagine how scared the kids were and for her to witness it and it's because of probably something she uttered but subhanallah it goes back to like their iman and their trust but she also she could have she could have renounced what she said even like as a lie yeah she in islam you can yeah for the sake of like living she could have said it but she her iman was so strong and her belief was so strong that she didn't even want to lie about it and she didn't she wasn't scared of him enough yeah but you know what subhanallah i feel like they needed these examples like they needed because if she just lied about oh yeah we believe in you i feel like it wouldn't have been less of an example yeah so for pharaoh like obviously like the way he ruled he basically ruled based off fear yeah and it was it must have been such a threat to him that this woman Woman, working in my own palace She's not scared of me. Yeah. She does not care. And she, and when she has her request, what's her request? Just please bury us together. Yeah, subhanAllah. So he basically lets her know, okay, you have that request. So her kids start um, going into the fire. And she had like a baby that she was suckling at that point. And she was hesitant to jump into the fire. And then the baby actually spoke. And um, There's a miracle from Allah. Because yeah, there's only three... Three babies that speak, and this is so one of them. So it's the it's Isa Alaihissalam. This baby. This baby, and also the baby in, um, I think it's Surah Al Buruj. You know the. Well, I can't I can't remember the story off the top of my head, but it was the. Have you ever watched that cartoon? <laughs> the I was thinking there there must have been something. The it was the boy and the king. Was it the oh boy? yeah, I've watched the boy and the king. But then what baby? It was a fire thing as well again. Yeah, so was the people fire. who believed in the boy, because um, there was that sorcerer who would basically, who was going against what Allah said, but anyways. They basically did an, a fire, and they had to jump in, and the mother, and, again, was hesitant about jumping in. And then the baby spoke. The baby spoke. And they, they all kind of speak with the same message, like, similar message, like this baby, he said, like... Um, I feel like every time that one of these three babies has spoken, it's Allah directly giving strength. Yeah. To the mother. Because imagine the mother literally has just seen her kids go into the fire. And I feel like she, obviously you'd be scared for yourself, but also she had like a newborn with her. So she she would be hesitant. Yeah. And I was just like, you've, basically you've got this. Yeah. And what did the baby say? The baby says, go ahead and jump as punishment in the hereafter is worse than punishment here. And basically it's, in this it's, it's true. It's basically yeah. Allah's. And like comfort it's like a mercy from him and you know what's found like after that she actually jumped so it was like she just needed that extra push and no and everyone else would have been silent because it's true she you know like you know what just came to mind what she, that could have been her her proof allah exists in i know a way. but she already had her proof yeah she like she believed but i feel like that could have been more of a wow because that like, would have been a sign for everyone else yeah that's mad freaky and you do see that with things like this people's like um Umar Suleiman, he yeah, mentioned he that 
with things like this, usually the tyrants, they do it on purpose to kind of show everyone else this Set is what happens. Example, but usually like, when it happens... When you mess with me, when, this is what happens. Yeah, and when you punish um, people with, uh, like, Amen, it, it makes it grow more and more and more. And, and there's a lot of people, them. like with the boy and the king, when that happened and the mother jumped in and, like, the people were jumping in, loads more people were doing, that, like, becoming Muslims. Yeah, it basically... It basically it has the adverse uh, adverse um, effect, yeah. effect where the people around her, like their iman increased, and obviously, like you mentioned earlier, one of the spectators was Asia. Yeah, but then, um, like the way we we got the story of yes. the baby. So this story, like, so the way we know this story about the hairdresser, and if you think about it, like she's just probably one of like hundreds of thousands of people yes. who were slaughtered so viciously by Pharaoh. But Allah has preserved her story and we know it because when the Prophet ﷺ went on his journey, this is Sahih Muslim by the way, mm. when he went on his journey, the night journey, um, Isra and Miraj, he was going up to the heavens and he smelt something beautiful. And so he said to Jibreel ﷺ, what is that amazing, like beautiful scent? And he said, this is the scent of the hairdresser of the daughter of Fir'aun and he told him this story yeah <clears throat> and so it's just amazing it's amazing because Allah's also preserved her legacy and so mm. not only was she a strength to people like Asya at the time that it happened but we can easily look at her as an example today and look at her strength and her iman and learn from it today like her yeah. legacy has lived on Subhanallah. In a way that... It was preserved. Exactly. Like just... And like, th- this was what Fir'aun wanted to prevent. He wanted to prevent people like remembering Allah and... Acting upon it. Acting upon it and that message. Mm. But he had no control and... That's At why the end we of the day, he was him. not Allah. He was not God. So, like we said in the previous episode, like Allah did things in a way where it would be humiliating for him. Yeah. So the fact that um, the hairdresser ended up jumping in and dying, that gave Asiya the strength to proudly go to Fir'aun and say, look, I'm like, I believe in the Lord of Musa and I do not care what you are going to do. And I feel like he would be a bit taken back. Like, whoa, you have the guts to literally come to me and tell me this. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy who was so tyrannical and delusional and he had so much pride. And so imagine he's grown up like, he's literally brought up someone who's going to be his worst enemy. Yeah. And then on top of that, his own when life. when a maid in his house disbelieves, like, in him, then he grows crazy. And now it's his own wife. And imagine what that shows to others. This guy has no control over his household. How can he be God? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what it shows. Yeah. Because I feel like, like I don't want to, like, that's, that's how society is. If we see someone and they don't have control over their household, you don't rate them for anything. They have no control over nothing. Yeah. And you know what? She knows what Fir'aun is capable of. And the fact that she had the guts to just go and tell him right like to his face. It was just, the Iman, isn't it? Yeah, and just basically say, like, I do not care. And then he, I feel like because he was so taken back, he's like, do you know what I'm going, like, what I'm basically capable of? Yeah. And she's like, I don't care. And then that's when he dragged her and, like, got her ready to, like, torture her and stuff and tied her up and um like stripped her so it was like 
he was like humiliating her as well and again it was in front of like his daughters and stuff it yeah was... and like the maids and obviously the maids wouldn't want to say anything because they don't want to get killed as well and his daughters were like laughing at her she was she was the, the only one her. brave enough to say anything and no one stood by her at that point and Musa Islam was was not there yeah. yeah he wasn't there yeah so then he obviously resulted into torturing her um and so when he was torturing her she she made a dua and it's a really beautiful dua and she says to Allah but you know while he was torturing her it was like he was giving her a chance to renew what she was saying basically saying to her like say I am your lord and she could she could lie but the thing is I feel like she was she was smart because not only was she brave to stand up to him but she knew that this guy's pride means everything to him and at that point she was so strong in her iman that she was like I'm not even gonna give you what you want that I'm not even gonna lie to save your face because I feel like this is what he needed his pride and ego to be destroyed yeah Allah literally took him gave him all the power and then brought him down to literally nothing and now like to this day he's a laughing stock to be honest do you know there was also this thing where um ibn jarir recorded that Suleiman said um the wife of fir'aun was tortured under the sun and when fir'aun would finish the torture session the angels would shade her with their wings so it was like Allah was giving Allah her was that her mercy help. as well, yeah. The help that night, none of the people around her could give, he was sending. Yeah. So her dua to Allah was, uh, قَالَتْ رَبِّبْنِي And that basically means, My Lord, build for me a house near you in Jannah. And save me from Pharaoh and his evil doings, and save me from the disbelieving people, and like the the wrongdoing people. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's such a it's such a beautiful da because I think um, one of the talks like was in listening to she's saying that she chose the neighbor before like she chose the neighbor before the neighborhood before the neighborhood. And it just, the thing is, the story of Asia, like, it's all about giving up worldly pleasures for the sake of Allah. Because she mm-hmm. was a queen and she grew she up in a palace. Had she everything. had everything. She had, you know, like what somebody would desire in this dunya, she basically had, she was the wife of a pharaoh. And yeah. she also came from like a rich upbringing as well like background and we know he was prideful so even for show he probably like adorned her and lavished her even if it was just for show yeah and so it could have been very easy for her to carry on living out like her islam privately and practicing privately Mm -hmm. and just not saying anything because of out of fear for her life and she wouldn't have been wrong to do that either but her iman was so strong that she spoke out against him in a way that humiliated him in front of everyone, but also elevated her own status. Yeah. And it just goes to show that she actually wasn't attached to this world. Because obviously she had everything. So it was like she would rather something in the hereafter and, than here. And more like the pleasure of Allah was what meant more to her than anything else. And so... She, and, she was willing to, Sorry, she was willing to give up everything for the sake of Allah. And she did. Yeah. 
and as a response to that Allah actually opened up this, the heavens and he showed her like a preview of that house the palace the the palace that she'd asked for and so she started laughing isn't it she started laughing and it was just it's just so beautiful that Allah was giving her all these little bits of strength and hope and Firaun must be trying to like he's trying to break her down and he's thinking why isn't she getting weaker they probably thought she was crazy as well because and Allah but Allah is laughing. sending angels to shade her and he's showing her like previews of her house in Jannah like why else would she why would she back down exactly and um, obviously the fact that she could see what she is being promised it made her laugh a lot and Firaun just started getting frustrated and annoyed he got frustrated annoyed and so what he decided to do as a final and horrific lesson is that he put he told them to tie her at the bottom of a cliff and push a boulder off it and he said like find the biggest rock yeah and so it would crush her body and and that is exactly what they did but it's from the mercy of Allah that he he actually took her soul before the boulder hit her so even though outwardly they would have seen that her body was crushed yeah Allah didn't allow her to go through that. To go through that pain. You know what's also crazy? When she was making dua, she was saying like, "Protect me from Firaun." Yeah. So in a way, that was also answered. Like, she was still tortured, but Allah ultimately protected her and took her before the border could crush her. Yeah. And the really the the amazing thing about this is, if you look at Surah uh, Surah Tahrim, Allah presents these. Allah presents her as an example mm-hmm. but what's interesting is he actually presents another example first so the first ayah it's um, ayah 10 says darab Allahu mathalan lilladheena kafaru imra'ata Nuhin wa imra'ata Lut so he talks about the wife of Nuh alayhi salam and the wife of Lut alayhi salam because they both disbelieved in their messages Yeah, and Allah was basically giving the message that even though these women were married to the, the best of, like the prophets who were the best of mankind, they still they were still an example of people who disbelieved and strayed. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you would think that your, your surroundings will facilitate things for you. You know how we yeah. always talk about good company and stuff. They were in the best of company. Mm-hmm. And yet, like you said, they were still misguided. Yeah. And it says, كانت تحت عبدين من عبادنا صالحين فخانتهما فلم يغني عنهما من الله شيئا وقيل دخل النار مع الداخلين. So they were under like the wing, and they were in the presence of two of our righteous servants, who were Nuh عليه السلام and Lut عليه السلام. But they betrayed them, and so these the being married to these prophets didn't save them. Yeah, yeah? and it didn't save them from Allah at all, and they were. They they became of the people of, of hellfire. Yeah. It also goes to show the free will they had. Yeah, Allah gives us our free will and we're still accountable for everything. Yeah. He just knows what way we're going to pick. Yeah. It's all written. And then likewise, then he presents the inverse in the follow- the ayah after that. So, ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا امْرَأَةَ فِرْعَوْنَ إِذْ قَالَتْ رَبِّ ابْنِي لِي عِنْدَكَ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ and then what we just said before then Allah he presents the example of those who believe mm-hmm. yeah so he just exa- presented the example of those who disbelieve yeah but now the people who believe and who's the example it's Asia yeah and so Allah he basically 
he shows us that that we're accountable and that the amazing thing about Ursia is that she she was married to such an evil person that she could have very well been on the same wavelength or more I don't know more accepting of his evil doings and everything mm-hmm. because that's what she's being exposed to and surrounded by yeah but it's her own like determination and like individual thinking mm. and I don't know I think it's a good lesson because I think as women generally sometimes I don't know you might disagree with me but I think as women because because men have like are like not custodian at times but they have certain um, authority authority yeah sometimes we forget to think for ourselves a little bit I mean like if you're I don't know if your grandpa's like walking with you or something or your uncle's walking with you I know me I'm just less vigilant yeah see I get where you're coming from and I think that's also one of the reasons why us Muslims can't marry a non-Muslim that's like one of the because it's like we like there's a blessing behind it like your husband do you get what I mean yeah I guess and we're most likely to follow the man of the house yeah and so in this case she shows even, yeah she puts Allah first and she knows that what he's doing isn't right and so it's an example to all of us that just because the person in charge of you or the person that because when I say in charge by the way I mean like even if like your dad is in charge but if he's saying like don't fast or don't do stuff like this you disobey yes if it's going against what Allah has expressly told us to do yeah then you're you need to, to use disobey, you need yeah. to use your own individual thinking and that's what Essia did yeah and i feel like a big lesson that she taught us was um that your spouse would not determine your outcome yeah in the hereafter 100 percent. yeah as she like perfected her iman and despite being married to like an evil tyrant she was still yeah he's literally the worst person ever and he's an example for any like tyrant and like dictator but she's also an example for someone who had perfected her taqwa like we said like Allah preserved Fir'aun as an like an example for everybody and I feel like in a way he's preserved Asiya's story as As a as an example as well so it's like we got an example out of both of them and Asiya's example was like a very pure yeah she like his destiny wasn't her destiny and she decided that yeah you can understand why she was promised a place in Jannah yeah especially because she could have made her life easier for herself like these people Exactly, these people, they don't make their lives easier for themselves. They always give up stuff for the sake of Allah. Like, she yeah. could have just been like, you know what? I believe in what Musa is saying, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to live out my years and... I think it was whatever. also her way of showing um, Firaun that she does not agree with what he does. Yeah. It was the, it was the biggest slap in the face for him. Because... Yeah, because the the only, like, you know how we always say that um, the most dangerous person is a person who's got nothing left to lose. And that's basically what, she, she put herself in that situation. Mm. She's like, I have nothing left to lose. And so he, it doesn't matter, it didn't matter how much he tried to, um, he tried to torture her and everything. At this point, he's already lost because he's tr- he's fighting for his pride yeah. and his ego and his face and his image. And she's, she's got nothing in this world that she's holding on to. Mm. And so, um, obviously, Allah made her victorious in that. Yeah. So, let's do a little, like, 
what we've learned from everyone. Actually, I'm going to ask you this. And Okay, so all these women, we have respect and love for all of them, and we learn lessons from all of them, but who personally is your favourite? Oh, wow. Um... And it like obviously that can change and whatever. Yeah. Like maybe we'll learn. Because I feel something. like they all they all have something which I liked about. Of course they do about them. But favorite, okay, maybe let's not say favorite. Let's say someone I resonate more with. Maybe resonate more with or their story just maybe it hit you harder when we went through it this time. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Fatima's story was quite emotional yeah. because obviously we went into like the death of the Prophet Sallallahu and then so how she she was as well. So I feel like that one. It was more like an emotional waking. But Essie, I don't know. I have like a little resignation with her. I don't know. There's just something about her. What about her? I feel like her character and her personality. In terms of? Like how caring she was and how like different and just like upfront. And she just did not care. I like that. But then I also... See, I don't think I can pick one. I really don't think I can pick one. That's okay. You still said like which one's like resonated with you and stuff because yeah. i think i agree with you it's hard to pick one yeah um, what about you for me i think i think the story of maryam and islam especially say. with the the whole like allah like he kind of he prepared her but with her worship and i think it's a, such a massive lesson to all of us like yeah. if you want to know how you're doing if you want to know how you can be better just look at your salah look at your worship look at how you approach your acts of worship and also how you're completing them mm-hmm. because if you're coming to them dragging your feet or you're not doing them properly it's actually like an appointment an interview you have with Allah yeah then it's a pretty good sign of how your everything else is going in your life and when I say everything else I also mean like non like stuff that's not related to religion like yeah outwardly as well because I feel like when your salahs are all over the place, literally your life is all over the place. That's why they say to always plan your salahs and plan things around your salahs and you'll find like a... Uh, uh, what's the word? Barakah. You find barakah in your time and day. Yeah, but also the fact that if you can... I think it's a really big sign and it's a big sign of like your priorities because if you can prioritise Allah and everything then everything else will be in perspective mm. and it's also a reminder that we have tests in this world but the biggest test is the hereafter yeah so our aim is to get to jannah yeah inshallah but i 100% agree i feel like looking back mariam's story as well i feel like i learned quite a lot from her story yeah oh. i think i also i also really loved the story of fatima like you said and the story of Khadija anha, was also quite beautiful but the thing is like with both of them it's just like you just see their hardship in terms of like Islam and even yeah. actually just now with the story of Asia yeah. we still take it for granted like nobody in like London is well except for the random like odd attack yeah um, we're not no all being rounded up and like yeah, no one's putting a gun to our head because we're saying we're Muslim. I know the situation's not perfect, but... But it's worse in other places too. And we have it a lot better than a lot of the people of the past. Yeah. Like, Asiya's only crime that meant that she was tortured and, like, he tried to humiliate her publicly was that she said, like, Allah is my Lord. SubhanAllah. Yeah, I feel like with Asiya's story, is just more... It's tragic. Yeah. 
but it's also so beautiful because we know now that she has a palace in Jannah and we ask Allah that one day we can go and visit her palace oh, and, and speak to her and ask her like how she like how how this world was for her and how she managed to stay, stay so strong yeah I think for me it's more of a personal connection with Essiel but generally with all of them there's just something that's just stuck with me yeah and you find mm-hmm. like similarities within all of them like they all had tuaqal like the amount of tuaqal they had in Allah was just immense the tuaqal they have the, the patience the patience and the iman the like, strength like straight up like strong iman yeah and it's like unwavering and I mean it puts it puts men to shame I'm not saying like all men but it puts it puts everyone to shame to be it honest. puts us all to shame to be honest and I feel like it's it's really like Allah really thought about this like to leave these women as examples because it's just nice like obviously we hear a lot about the prophets and um the sahabas like the male sahabas it's nice to get the women perspective too yeah because if they could do it I mean obviously we can never be at the level that they were at yeah, but we can we can always try exactly we can always try and there's always something to be learnt from them yeah we should inspire to be like these women to be honest and I feel like you know what that we should challenge ourselves and like the listeners as well to find a character in like each of these women and try and like work on it work on that character and try and make it like one of your characteristics as well yeah and the thing is um I remember once um the sheikh was saying that like you know out of like everyone has to do their fard actions yeah but you might find as a person that when it comes to um like optional um deeds or um sunnas and stuff like that that you might lean towards something more and that's part of your personality and so use that as an opportunity to dip into that so Mm -hmm. mariam she she loved worship like Mm. and she was like, it was part of her personality yeah. to be someone who worshipped a lot, a lot. Like, she prayed extra and everything like that. Yeah, she was always in out of the Exactly. And so, that could be, maybe that's the case for you. But some people, I don't know, they're, they have, they're really close to the Quran. Or they're really good at praying the night prayer and yeah. sunnahs and stuff like that. Or some people are really good at giving charity and helping those in need. Yeah. So, whatever you lean towards. Work on it. Work on it and make that that thing that you are known for and when we say known for by the way we're not saying to be boastful about it we don't yeah not for people to know about it but so like the angels remember you for it yeah and you know that this is like something that you work on that only Allah knows that you work so hard Mm. on this but you also want to leave a good legacy as well so like for example inshallah one day when everyone has kids and like grandkids and stuff when they're to speak about you you want them to obviously speak about something that's good and hopefully influence the rest of them. It's like a sadaqah jariya as well. Yeah, 100%. Because, like, we just saw how inspirational these, uh, how inspiring these stories were, um, even though these women are long gone. And you can but, understand why people name their daughters after them. Yeah, because their stories are alive. Yeah. I think there's, like, a Western quote where, like, you're not, you're not dead until the last person stops remembering you. The reason I like that quote is because it just shows that, like, you know, people like Pharaoh, they thought they was that, like, they were gonna live forever. Their legacy was gonna live forever. Mm. Okay, maybe Allah, like, Allah's kept him as a sign, but he has no benefit from that. It, it kind of like lived forever, but in a bad way, the worst way. Yeah, like, not like he's a, a sign. Like, you know how he liked to make examples out of people. 
Mm-hmm. He was Allah the made example. him the example. And but then you know what? Well, Allah knows, but maybe he didn't mind what way he was left as an example because he was evil anyways. Well, he looks like a diseased... <laughs> like True, true. There's nothing appealing about him. He's yeah. not... Like, Even people don't look at him yeah. in fear anymore. People don't... He has flipping tourists taking pictures of him every day. Yeah. Okay, we'll just get that. The point is that a lot, like... He's kept him as a sign and there's... He has he had no power in that. Mm-hmm. And... And the thing is, like, with uh, with all these women, we can still learn from them and they probably... They get rewarded for what we learn from them. Yeah. Even though they didn't tell us their stories themselves. And... It's just amazing. Like, Allah kept it there. And we can be like that. Like, even the story of the hairdresser. Yeah. The way that came up and the way that we know that is because Allah... Wanted her story to live. Yeah, he wanted her story to live on. And through that, she kind of... Has her sadaqa jariya. She has her sadaqa jariya. And even though she was someone who seemed probably so insignificant and forgettable, especially, like, to the Fir'aun when he was torturing her. She actually influenced his wife, in a way, to become openly proud and not just that it gives us strong iman when we listen to that story so it did the opposite of what Pharaoh wanted yeah just goes to show like we we could never see the bigger picture like from the beginning like when we were talking about how Musa came to Pharaoh's household like his mom probably never understood it until like she just left her trust in Allah and Asya as well like the way she she raised him as her own yeah and so that's the end kind of wraps up Season yeah, it wraps one. up season one. Um, I think season two, we want to focus on being a bit more interactive with our followers. So please make sure you interact, find us on social media. Mm-hmm. And inshallah, we're going to try and go from there. And we'll see you soon, inshallah. Inshallah. With season two. So stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>